and welcome back to another episode of Code with Kingy, where this time round I'm joined by the great Southern Tarnia Tim Young to preview round five of Super Rugby Aotearoa. Well, kia ora Tim, or the cheese as, as you're more affectionately known. Um, I appreciate you taking some time out on your Wednesday to have a quarter deal with me to preview round five of Super Rugby Aotearoa. Um, and because I haven't had you on in 2021, I thought I'd just throw the right back to you and get your thoughts on what you've seen from the competition so far. Oh, kia ora, kia ora. It's good to be back. Um, yeah, no, nah, it's honestly, it's been it's been good so far. It's still it's pretty much a one horse race so far with um, with the old bloody Crusaders on a what are they four four five game hot streak four game hot streak. So I think I think we're about to see some exciting matchups this week just because they're out of the equation, and so it's the uh, best of the rest. And obviously Friday night we've got the Landers versus the Canes. Now my thoughts are these: this is going to be a wet behind the ears dog fight under the roof. And you've got two very comparable teams who have just released their lineouts. But if you're going to back an underdog, and I hate to say this because I'm a Landers man through and through, but my TAB account says differ, <laughs> you back the Canes. Just a question mark around the nineteen combo, though. Yeah, a hundred percent. I was going to get to you on the landers. So obviously, they're at home on Friday night. Um, mm. and for me, they've fielded their strongest fifteen to date. Um, so they've got Ash Dixon and McKean, um, Marina Makali too back in the starting fifteen. I don't know why they weren't in there against the Blues. Maybe that was because of a rotation thing. Billy Harmon's back in there for James Lynch. He's obviously Aaron Smith's still there. They've chucked Ewani to fullback and put Mitch under ten. I'm going to be mm. interested to see how that goes, whether or not that changes their dynamic. They've got Michael Collins back at centre, which I actually called for at the start of the season because I feel like I'm I'm very much like a yin and yang type guy in my midfield. I like having a bit of punch, but then also having that that shorty and that oh, yeah, savviness. Man, there, mate, man, Sia Tompkinson, God, yeah, hundred percent, bro. And then they've got uh, the, the Japanese recruit that they've met a lot of on the bench finally. So that. And then they've got Aiden Johnson on the bench also, and then Putty Putty Parkinson comes back into the fold in the forwards. So, yeah, I guess you 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 pretty much jumped the gun on the question I was going to ask in terms of like are the Highlanders the favourites going into it? And for me, I think they are. Like I just mm. said off the back of that, and as much as you know that the Canes really have nothing to lose in this game because they are the underdog, I I just wasn't. I mean, I was encouraged by what I saw in that first half, but like, how much of that was more the Chiefs' shit defence and the the Hurricanes actually showing some ability on attack? I'm not too sure. I've only gone back and watched the game twice, and even then, I just started to cringe once I saw that halftime hood ago because I know what was going to unfold in the next forty minutes, having watched it live. Um, and then, yeah, that second half collapse. Um, I don't really know what to put that down to. Now I know that the Chiefs starved the Hurricanes the ball, and that might be a tactic for teams going forward if they're playing the Canes. Um, although I'm not still convinced with their ball in hand stuff, yeah, this when the Hurricanes are having to tackle, 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 they don't. Well, they haven't shown the ability to absorb that and then turn that around on the counter. Um, so for me, going into this week, um, like you said, if I was back in the Canes and if I was Jason Holland, which I'm not, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, for me, I, I, like you said, I think it is going to be a dog fight, and I think they need to get Lamarpi, Rayasi. 
Reed Princep, who's come back in to play blindside. Dane Coles is back in there, so he'll he'll yeah, add you know something old in there. Runny bum Dane Coles is going to be running down the tram lines outside SAS, so he's going to try and nab himself a meat pie. So when the TAB put up any time try score, definitely put down <laughs> Dane Coles and Salesi Raesi as your as your any time try scorers. Bro, 100%. And and that, that's where I think the game's going to be won. Now, I know that Tony Brown's going to look to play this game at pace. That's what he'd look to do against look to do against the Blues, but um, unfortunately the the Blues four-pack was a little bit too overpowering. So yeah, I think that if the Hurricanes can keep this close and again, feed the likes of Rarsi and Laomapi, um, which when they did it on Saturday in that first half, they looked the goods, but fuck, they had no ball in that second. Or even when they did, they didn't look to get it to their strike power. So yeah, but at the same time, I, as much as like you said, you, you'd want to back an underdog, I feel like the Highlanders under the roof in front of their home ta- uh, in front of their home fans and with all those boys coming back in, and they just have a bit more stability in their team. I think they have a bit more identity. I'm going to back the Landers, man. Like Ooh. so, it's it's a bit of an opposite here for us, isn't it? Yeah, that's 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 not bad. Like we're we're, we're both from the respective regions, but we've both offered to back the opposite. No. <laughs> maybe you really see a, that happens. No, maybe it's a bit of like reverse, you know, like reverse that, psychology. Reverse you know? psychology. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's what I'm getting yeah. at, mate. Like if I so, say the Landers win, you know, like I'm right on my podcast, but then if they lose, I'm sort of happy inside because the Canes have won. You know? I'm, like, I'm exactly like you. Like, you know, I'll be I'll be I'll be stoked if the Landers win, but then my TAB account will be bloody happy with the old Canes coming through. So I can only say this is a win win situation and everyone who watches rugby is gonna get treated. A hundred percent, mate. Yeah, when you look at when you look at the, the stats they're all pretty much neck and neck minus the uh, the scrum percentage. So you've only got one try in between the two teams, and the Landers lead that. Tackle percentage is almost identical. Their line-out success rate is pretty much identical. It's just the scrums. The Chiefs are scrummaging better at uh, 88%, whereas the Landers, with their own scrum feed, sitting at 81 now. Could that be the addition of... Big old Sione Muffaleo and the um oh no, not the Canes. Mate, I'm gonna jump in the gun here. It's the Chiefs. <laughs> Mate, you've no, got that's, you, that's, you, more, you. <laughs> that's more Tyrell Lomax. I've jumped the gun there. So yeah, it's Tyrell Lomax there who's anchoring that scrum mm. for them. Now um, I, yeah, I was like, yeah. I, I was just gonna get you on the on on the point of front rows, you being a front rower yourself. Mm. What have you made of the Highlanders prop stocks and do you th- and, and what does Aiden Johnson bring to that team that they've been missing the last couple of weeks? He brings a big burly chest, that's what he brings, you know. Bit of hair on that. But I've got to I've got to back my fellow Southland man, Ethan De Groot. You know, I played played a bit of code way, way, way back uh with that man and he was always destined for good things. And you know, he's only a young fella. He's what, twenty two, going probably twenty three this year. So nah, he's definitely one for the future. Props really only start to pretty much mature on their own when they're about 24, 25, the saying goes. Mm. But then you've got Ash Dixon, who is probably performing dark arts and bloody Harry Potter curses in there against his fellows because, you know, he's probably on the smaller end of the spectrum of hookers, but the man's got ticker and he'll go for 80. Um, And then you've got Tokalahi, who is just, yeah, He's a brick shit house. He just he just squats down and he's immovable. And then to not mention not only mention that you got 
big old putty putty Parkinson back in the uh, in the frame. So you could see that percentage of them only scrumming at 81% success rate, sorry, uh, a factor of going up by a few. Well you'd, well, you'd assume so. Like, I think if they keep to the same 15 they've got, and I think if Aidan Johnson can can work his way back into starting contention, you know, have a bit of um, competitive push um, within their own camp, yeah, I think they bode well um, for the future. And I'm really excited to see what that Japanese recruit's like and how he goes mm. against um, his Kiwi counterparts because a lot has been made of him and um, the success he had at the World Cup in 2019 in front of his home fans. So... Yeah, um, but seeing as you picked the Canes, like, are you going one to twelve or thirteen plus? Uh, I will go one to twelve on that. Yeah, I'm going to go the exact I see, same I see way. It, I see in a, um, you know, there'll be a lot of tries scored or points scored, but it will be one for one, tip for tat. And the other thing I reckon is uh, the tactical decision. I reckon on the Canes' point of view to. Um, not even select uh, Julian Savia and replace him for Houston. Was that just the one you reckon to um, simmer down old Jonah Nariki? Well, that that was the other point I was going to mention. It's going to be a close call as to whether or not he plays. I read earlier today on stuff that Tony Brown's picked him because obviously like he's been that special this year so far. Mm. But as for whether or not his hip can come right by Friday, because he does, outside of all the magic that he's shown and um, his ability to tackle for a wee fella, he actually clears the ball for them as well. He's, he's that left footer. So I think by not having him there, I think that the Canes will breathe a sigh of relief. And yeah, but if he is in the fold, I feel like Wes Houston, um, while he's not as spectacular and as powerful as the likes of Rousey and Sevilla, he is, you know, the guy that churns out seven out of tens every week. You know, he finishes when he needs to, good under the high ball, and he makes his tackles, you know, like nine, fundamentals. Yeah, 9.9 times out of 10. So, yeah, I think I think you're bang on there, mate. Um, and like, as I just mentioned, yeah, I'm picking the Highlands to go 1 to 12. Again, like you said, I think with it being a dry track under the roof, and the team looking to express themselves because they're not. They're, neither of these teams have big packs, and I think no. they're more so reliant on their backline. So I, I think we are in for um, some spectacular bit of razzle dazzle mm-hmm. here and there. But like you said, you'll chuck a you'll chuck a you'll chuck a try on for Ash Dixon from the back of the line out when you with Putty Putty Parkinson. Oh, I think that's back. a given, mate. Yeah, it's 100%. almost a given. Their, their driving ball's been pretty bloody good. I think he even gets his family members to put some money on him, mate, considering how many times he points <laughs> to the corner rather than packing down five out. Oh, I know. <laughs> but, inside, yeah. <laughs> inside of trading. You heard it here first. No, no, no. He's not that type of guy. Um, but we'll roll on to, um, roll on to the second game, uh, which is the Chiefs and the Blues. And while it took 12 goes for them to finally get their win... And while it may not have looked all that pretty early on, uh, they did manage to string some magic together in that second half and steal it, um, that being the Chiefs, to avoid a record streak of defeats. Would you um, now, almost like claim that as being a super rugby game as times three to minor ten, and then that would almost surpass the Southland Stags losing? <laughs> you just you know, you just inflate the losses a bit more? Yes. Yeah, oh, 100%. I, yeah. I, I think like at that level, considering how many All Blacks they have in that team, yeah, I, I think that if you are going to compare it to the minor 10 cup level, uh, and if you are going to even compare it to that Highlanders team that lost 12 games in a row, I, I think with the fact that you've got the All Black captain, you've got an All Black midfielder, um, 
or you pretty much got an all representative backline. I think I named it last year Brad Webber All Black. Um, Aaron Cruden was an All Black last year. Antelena yeah. Brown's an All Black. Quintu Pye's a Māori All Black. Sean Stevenson, Māori All Black. Sean Wainui, Māori All Black. Damian McKenzie, All Black. Mm. Sam Kane, All Black captain. Um, Tupo Vai was an All Black, albeit Ooh. he wasn't during last year. You know, like, like they have they have talent there, but they just didn't show the mental fortitude to get themselves over a line or get themselves over the line up until last Saturday in the Cape And while, you know, like they'll definitely take all the positives um, more so out of that second half than the first, for me and like anyone who's played a game of rugby, when you're down by a shitload of points, it's very easy to play carefree. Um, yeah. And it's an entirely different beast when the game's close or even when you have the lead. So seeing what you've seen from the Chiefs, I know that, you know, they built like quite a big lead against the Highlanders in their first game in the second round of Super Rugby Aotearoa only going on to lose in the second half. And then this past weekend, they put in a real shitty first half, but they managed to steal it in the second half and, you know, pretty much ruin the Canes Moana Pacifica night. Do you think that they are capable of actually, like, starting strong and holding that throughout against a team like the Blues? I think I think they'll try and just take it up the guts to the Blues and try and draw the Blues into a bit of a dogfight, a bit of a fist fight. And then when that happens, the Blues tend to look inwards rather than outwards. And then you could see the likes of that Damian McKenzie sweeping around and just picking holes left and right. And you've got Brad Webber, who's always a gun off the hip. Um, so if you if you combine what I'd guess would be Mitch Brown, Sam Kane, and Luke Jacobson in the back trio again, Brad Webber running around them, mate, the Fox Terrier, he's going to, the janitor, I mean, sorry, he's going to find himself linking up with some uh, some gun players on the outside. Yeah, that's not a bad estimation. Um, it, it will be interesting to see the tactics that the Chiefs go with, um, namely who they pick at 10. Now, Bryn Gatland had two pretty subpar performances to start 2021 and was dropped, and then they brought in Caleb Trask back from injury, who... Um, you know, like putting everything in context, he played pretty much fullback for the entire um, Mighty 10 Cup season in 2020, but was thrown into the pivot position on Saturday and had a bit of a mare. Um, and then in that last half now, when they finally did sub him, McKenzie went to 10. And again, while the team was really desperate, they did look a lot better. And Chase Tiatia was just infectious coming off that bench. Mm. So like whether or not they run with the team that closed the last half an hour of that game to start uh, the game on Saturday, um, I think that will have a big indication on how Clayton McMillan sees that 15. And I know that he's got quite a cr- close relationship with Tia Tia again, who was a standout, given like um, their history as part of like, the Wellington under-19s, then at Bay of Plenty, da-da-da-da-da. So would you put, would you put DMAC at 10, move Tia Tia to the uh, 15? Yeah, and then I what, bring Stevenson back into the mix. Yeah, I, I would definitely like. I was quite surprised that Stevenson hasn't quite cemented himself um, as part of that fifteen. I know, I know it's a new coach, but he's sort of been in that environment for quite a while, and he seems to have been usurped by the likes of Jonah Lowe and Etini Nanaisaturo, who you know who don't really have as much experience as him. Again, you know, talking about his Maori All Blacks duties that he's had and the number of mm. tries that he's scored in the past. But yeah, that would be my take. But like you said, you know, they're going up against a pretty formidable team in the Blues um, who, you know, looking or reflecting on last Sunday, you know, it was a, a lack of accuracy, some untimely discipline and some outstanding, outstanding, 
some outstanding defence from the Crusaders, which ultimately saw them end up on the wrong side of the ledger, and slowed down a lot of the talk that they are now title contenders. So um, I think if if you, if you look at the positives from that game, they did match the Crusaders um, with tries, that being four apiece. Um, and they also showed that they weren't afraid of the champs. Now, given all the hype that went into that game and the disappointment of losing in front of their home fans, do you feel like the Blues are going to be a little bit too powerful and, and have a bit more hate in them going into this fixture, given what they had to um, deal with after Sunday's game? Oh, most definitely. I think the Blues would have gone away into the sheds that day and really looked at what they could have done better. Without a doubt, you know, so their their tackle, they're right at the bottom of the chart when it comes to their tackling. So whether that is, uh, I, I'd say it was more down to an accuracy. That that's something that they, I think, might need to address. Like you know, they're pretty they're pretty secure around the ruck. It was just that I think again, you judge a team by their nine ten combo, and how many times have Jonathan Ruru and Otuti Black been playing together. I think that was just where uh, there was just a, and there was there were a few pivotal mistakes in that in that midfield, not spinning an extra pass or going through the hands. You know they had they had about three or four opportunities to score on the outside, and I think they're just execution inside the twenty two. You know every time the Crusaders went down to the Blues twenty two, they came away with points, and then every time the Blues went down there, you know one maybe five. One out of every five attempts down there would have converted into points, but then they weren't able to keep that pressure on top of pressure and keep building and um, suffocating the Crusaders. But I'd imagine that they'll be looking at, at their combinations this week, and I think they'll pick um, pick a, a, a more bloodthirsty team. Mm. Yeah, Jonathan Ruru seems to have jumped to the top of that halfback ladder surprisingly considering you know Finlay Christie's inclusion in the north-south game last year and the success that Sam Nock had up until I think he had a bit of a niggle to start Super Rugby Aotearoa mm. and that was the reason why he was out but I thought that Audrey Black's been playing all right but like you said you got to have these combinations pretty much performing at peak level when you're going up against the best team in the competition and I think the the real difference in the end was just the composure like you said the the Blues lack of accuracy to execute um, inside the Crusaders 22 and the option to, or their opting to turn down points and instead go for the throat and score tries, which the Crusaders then absorbed and cleared and relieved themselves of pressure. Um, and then on the flip side of that, you know, you saw what the Crusaders did in that second half. As soon as they had a decent-ish lead, they just kicked kicking penalties. And while it wasn't the most extravagant game of rugby that, that 20 minutes after half time, it was just smart from the Crusaders. And what was ultimately the difference in the end, even though we did have a flurry of tries. But yeah, I, I think the Blues are on the right track. Um, and I don't think this competition is over just yet. But yeah, for me, like, you know, not wanting to talk about the Crusaders too much because, again, otherwise I just get angry. Like, they, they are <laughs> just that one rung above everybody else at the moment. Or they're one rung above the Blues, but they're about 10 rungs above um, the Chiefs. Highlanders and Canes. But with all that being said, bro, who are you picking for oh, Saturday? I gotta back the Blues. Always back the Blues. Tamaki Mikado. You gotta you gotta back them. The boys in blue. Thirteen plus? Uh yeah, let's go with that. Why not? Mm, see, I, I I wasn't sure because they're playing in Hamilton and I know how much um you know. Well, I reckon the, they need the to give men. old um 
old uh, Matt Talia get fourteen jersey back. I'm afraid. Yeah, but I don't know. Not to yeah. see him. I wasn't yeah. sure if he was injured because I, I think he might have gone down. And then I remember because Amoni Narawa came off or came on against the Highlanders, but then Bryce Heen was starting last week. So I don't know what happened to Narawa, who was actually injured to start the season. And yeah, Talia might have a bit of a niggle as well. They're, they're, you know, I've been keeping track of a lot of the injuries that have popped up and trying to keep everyone updated with that. But the Blues are the one team that seem to be pretty elusive uh, with their information on their players. So maybe over the next couple of days, I'll be able to track that down. And I mean, like the team will get named tomorrow and we'll have a better idea of where they stand with all of that. But yeah, I'm similar to you, bro. I think I'm going to go 13 plus just off the back of like what happened last week. And I think they'll be pretty disappointed um, or would have been down, you know, going into that Monday review. But, you know, fortunately for them, it's only a short drive over the Bombays. And then they're playing um, a Chiefs side who, while they might have had the monkey off their back now, haven't beaten the Canes, I think they still aren't quite there yet to compete on that level. But yeah, I think that, that, that well, that's really a wrap on, on this week's podcast or well, on this preview podcast, bro. So yeah, I'll look, I'll, it looks like I'll just have to link you with you again on Monday. And um, yeah, hopefully, you know, that reverse psychology um, has worked for me and not for you. And then, yeah, um, even if that Blues game is a bit of a romp, hopefully we see DMAC, you know, Running some hissing lines and tear tear, doing some ridiculous offloads like he did last week, and make you know it makes it a bit of a show, even though the scoreline um, might not be all that nice to look at. Oh, most definitely. Cheers for having me. Appreciate it. Thanks, Tim. Later. All right, bye.